Good morning. Good morning. Well, the day finally came. <clears throat> I've been on standby for a couple of weeks now. And uh, finally, uh, on Friday, the big event uh, took place. And uh, uh, Megan had uh, number five, had finally a little boy, Elijah Benjamin Lacey, was born Friday afternoon. And uh, Michelle was already uh, up there, and um, uh, Renee had been texting back and forth uh, with Michelle. And so once we found out uh, Megan was in labor, I knew the phone call would be coming pretty quick. And I mean, no more, more had that conversation happened. My phone rang. It was Raymond. And I already knew what was, what was coming. And uh, so he was, he was on his way. Uh, he was on his way to uh, uh, Fort Worth, as uh, well he should have been. And, uh, and so um, the plan, uh, the plan was, was pretty simple uh, because on Wednesday afternoons uh, I am doing the Bible study on the I am statements out of the book of John. And so I was like, okay, hey, no big deal when he says he's got to go, whichever one, you know, I'm dealing with on, on that week, I'll just pull that and just move it right into a Sunday morning service easy peasy God doesn't work that way <laughs> God said no God had other God had other plans uh, for this morning he had uh, shared another verse uh, with me the last couple of years um, God has given me a verse for that year has, has given me a, a verse to uh, get me through uh, uh, Lottie's death and uh, the different things that we have been dealing with over the last couple of years and God has been faithful and has given me a verse uh, usually December, January going into that, in, into that next year and uh, he was dragging his feet a little bit uh, this year it wasn't until late January, and, uh, and I was looking. I was, I, I was looking and anticipating for that, that verse uh, to come. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, during one of our Grief Share classes, God gave me the verse for this year. And it has really been uh, on my heart uh, this last couple of weeks, and I want to share those verses with you this morning and really God's Word is going to preach itself today which it can it doesn't need me it God, God's Word so often speaks for itself and so but if you have your Bibles and even if you don't there's one in the pew rack there in front of you and you can open up to the uh, book of Philippians this is going to be a very familiar set of verses uh, for you. Some of you may even have these verses memorized. And so uh, open up to the book of Philippians and flip over to chapter 4. And so Paul is writing to the Philippians and is most likely writing from Rome. He's in prison and he's writing, uh, he's writing these words of encouragement He's writing these words of caution. He's writing these words of instruction to 
this Philippian church that is a new church, is a strong church, but it finds itself in the midst of a very secular society. And they are struggling. They are struggling with false teaching. They are struggling uh, with their infancy. They're struggling with unity within the church. They're struggling so many with so many different things. And so Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi to encourage them, to instruct them, to help them through this time. And when he gets to chapter 4, of course, he doesn't realize that he's in chapter 4. He just, you know, hey, I'm just bringing my letter to a conclusion. But when we get to chapter 4, there in the book of Philippians, Paul gives a series of encouragement. He gives a series of instructions to leave with this young church. And so we'll pick up with verse 4 there in chapter 4, and Paul writes these words, and I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. If you have not realized this yet, let me shed some light on your Christian walk. Your Christian life daily is a battle for your heart and for your mind. Your heart and your mind are a battlefield every day. Every day. I just finished reading a book entitled God's Devil. When I saw the title, I was like, I got to read this. And it's by the pastor of the Moody Bible Church in Chicago, Dr. Lutzer. And most of the book was pretty spot on. There, there, were, there were some, you know, R.C. Sproul wrote the... Uh, uh, wrote the uh, forward in the introduction, you know, to it, and he said, we agree on most things, but some things, but who created, who created Lucifer? God did. God created Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, of course, sinned and gets cast down, gets cast down to the earth, but Satan, 
as he is known now, Satan, his goal, his goal is to come after God's people. Now, in saying that, realize Satan does nothing without God's approval. Satan is under God's authority. He was created under God's authority, and he remains under God's authority. Just go back to the book of Job, and you'll, you'll see. But Satan's purpose, Satan's sole purpose in life is to attack God's people. He wants your heart, and he wants your mind, and our hearts and our minds are a battlefield every day. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to look at these verses coming at it kind of from that direction. So Paul starts off, so Paul starts off with these verses, rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice. Now when we hear that word rejoice, we automatically have a picture of an outward expression. Like this morning, we rejoiced in the Lord as we sang, as we worshiped. Hopefully, you were rejoicing in the Lord. And Warren this morning was, if you, if you didn't worship before I got up here this morning, you might want to check you might want to check your spirit at the door. But when we hear that word rejoice, we automatically go to this outward that, hey, we're supposed to walk around with this smile on our face that we are to always be outwardly expressing this attitude of joy and rejoicing. Well, you know, sometimes when I get up in the morning, the last thing on my mind is rejoicing. Sometimes as I go through my day, the last thing on my mind is rejoicing. So we have to move rejoicing, or not remove rejoicing, we have to move rejoicing from more than just an outward expression. Because we're not always in the mood to outwardly express joy, to outwardly rejoice, to walk around with this facade on our face that really isn't how we feel. But inwardly, inwardly, we are to always, always to have the joy of the Lord inside of us. Yeah, we may not be having the best of days. We may not be having the best of weeks or months, or maybe they've even been strung together, and it's been a long time since you felt like rejoicing. But if you have a personal relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, you have the joy of the Lord in your life. And so even though we might not be able to rejoice outwardly, we can rejoice in the Lord inwardly. Once a week, twice a week, 
Once a month? No, what's the word? What's the word in that verse? <laughs> always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he doesn't just say it once. He wants to make sure that they get it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. We have the joy of the Lord inside of us. We have the joy of the Lord inside of us. And that's where we find our rejoicing. And then Paul goes on in verse 5 and he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let your gentleness let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Greek word that Paul uses here, epikes, really doesn't have a good translation when it comes into English, and the English translation falls kind of short. Because what Paul is talking about, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, let your gentleness let your graciousness, in Galatians, Paul writes in chapter 5, he says, you are to be known by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You can wrap all of those things up into this word. This is how you are supposed to be known. You are supposed to be known by the fruit of, of the Spirit. Not your Spirit, but the Father's Spirit. And when we have the joy of the Lord in our lives, then we're able to live out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And when somebody mentions your name, the thought that should cross their mind is how gracious that person is, how gentle that person is, how loving that person is, how kind that person is. You don't want people to mention your name and people kind of, you know, you want people, you want people to know you by the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I have to be honest with you. The fruit of the Spirit hasn't been very evident in my life lately. Now, I can put up a really good front. I've been a pastor for a really long time. And when I'm in public, I can, I can behave like I'm supposed to. Unfortunately, my family doesn't always get the same consideration. And I have been irritable. And I have been angry, and I have been whatever the opposite is of the fruit of the Spirit, that's where I've been. That's where I've been. And it's just been recently that I have looked at myself in the mirror 
and realized and realized I'm not as tough and as strong as I think I am. I have been in a two-year war with God. And I finally had to step back and admit it. And it wasn't just God that I was angry with. It was just about anything or anybody that crossed my path. But if we have the joy of the Lord in our lives, then our lives must be exemplified by the fruit of the Spirit. No matter what the circumstances, because Paul... Here in a minute, he's going, to, he's going to bring that out. I almost jumped ahead. Let, er, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now, scholars debate on whether Paul is talking about the return of the Lord, which was very prevalent at that time. The early church, the New Testament church, the, the, the infant church, they thought, hey, Jesus is coming back, and it's going to be soon. Or Paul is talking about that the Lord is at hand in our lives every day. Well, they're both right. The Lord's return is near. It's nearer each day. But the Lord is also near in our lives. He is with us. And too often we forget that. How many days do we walk and we walk alone in our own minds? Because we forget about the presence of the Lord that resides within us. Your prayer every day should be, Father, make me mindful of your presence in my life today when your feet hit the floor every morning father make me mindful of your presence in my life today because he's there whether you want him to be there or not he is there the Lord is at hand the Lord is near Now, these verses really don't follow a logical thought pattern. It's like Paul's giving one instruction, and then he gives another instruction, and then he gives another instruction. But they all fit together. And then those famous verses that we find starting with verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Simple enough, right? Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be uneasy. There's a lot to be anxious about these days, is there not? Just watch the news or pull up whatever online, Facebook, what, I mean, we've got so much stuff bombarding us these days, it's amazing any of us can get out of bed. But 
Paul says, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't be uneasy, don't fret, don't let these things dominate your life. Don't be anxious about anything, about anything. Now, he's not saying bury your head in the sand and be oblivious to what's going on in life because you, that's what you would almost have to do not to worry. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, in every situation, by prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, why does he use those two words? Isn't he basically just saying the same thing twice, by prayer and prayer? Well, there's a little bit of, there's, there's some subtlety here. By prayer and supplication, by earnestness, almost a pleading, a begging of God. Pouring your heart out to God. I know that anxiety is a very real thing. And it is a very real thing in today's society. And I'm not up here to tell you, you know, that's, that's a whole nother field for somebody else. But too often when we pray in our lives, we pray about the worry, we pray about the anxiety instead of praying about the things that we're anxious about, that we're worrying about. That's what you need to be praying for. Don't pray for, the, for, the, for God to take away the worry and the anxiety. Pray about what it is you're worrying about. Pray about those things that are burdening you. Pray about those things specifically. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, getting before the Father on your knees, on your face, earnestly pleading, begging God with, with thanksgiving, with the anticipation, with the expectation, with the knowledge, knowing that God is going to answer. He's going to answer. With thanksgiving, let your requests, let your requests be made known to God. Well, doesn't he already know them? Yes, he does. But he wants to hear from you. Have you realized what your requests really are? Have you come to the point to identify what it is you're praying for or that you're praying about? God knows what you need. Do you? Identify those requests and make those requests known to God. Make them known to God. Now, we're Baptist, and we're pretty conservative, and we don't do this a lot, and I'm not asking you to do it here, but at home, get on your face before the Father. 
get on your knees and get on your face before the holy God and make your request known to him. And when you do that, and when you do that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, the peace that comes from God, the peace that only God can give us, which surpasses, goes beyond our comprehension. Our limited minds cannot understand, cannot comprehend the peace that comes over us that is from God. Have you ever had that experience when you have been praying for something, when you've been praying about something, and all of a sudden this overwhelming peace comes over you? You don't understand it, you can't explain it, but you all of a sudden have a peace about that situation. That's the peace that comes from God. That's the peace that comes from God. And not only does it come from God, but it's active in our lives. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now this word guard, it's not that the peace of God comes in and sets up a fence or a barrier around your heart and your mind. This is a military term. This is a term of action. This is a term of activity. That peace is active in your life. And it is actively guarding your heart and your mind. It's actively removing that worry. It's actively removing that fear. It's a military term. And as General Patton would tell you, military never goes on the defense. Military is always on the offense. This is an active part that is taking place in your, in, in your life. God is actively guarding your heart and your mind. And today, our hearts and our minds need to be guarded 24-7. You can't turn on the TV. You can't turn on your computer. You can't pick up reading material without being bombarded with something that does not need to be in your heart or in your mind. And once it's there, there's no erase button. The backspace button, the delete button does not work once it's there. Lord, I wish it would. Because Satan actively uses those things against you on a regular basis. 
am I the only person in this room who can be sitting somewhere minding my own business and one of the many embarrassing moments from my life comes flooding back into my brain. And then the self-talk began, man, how could you have been so stupid? What an idiot. You know, and before I know it, I feel about this big. And we're talking about something that happened 10 or 15 years ago. But Satan uses it as a club to beat you up with on a regular basis. And when he does that, we need to recognize that and we need to call upon the power that is within us through what we have received from God. I made mention that we give Satan way too much credit, way too much authority, way too much power. Well, on the opposite side of that, we give God way too little authority, way too little credit, and way too little power in our lives. And we need to face these things with the power that resides within us. Finally, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. These are the things that we should be thinking about. Not the lies that Satan tells us, but the truth of God. Things that are of integrity and of good character. Things that are righteous. Things that are unstained and holy. Things that are acceptable and not ugly. Things that are worthy of our praise things that are excellent. Things that are of God. Do you, do you think that we encourage you to read your Bible on a daily basis just because that's what believers should do? No. We encourage you to, to, to read your Bible on a daily basis because when you're putting God's Word into your mind and into your heart, then you have something to fight with. Then you have something to use in the battle. And you can take those thoughts captive and you can make them obedient unto God. But if your gun is empty, it does you no good. This is your ammunition. This is your ammunition. And trust me, you need it because you are in a war. 
Now, fortunately, we know how the war ends. We know who wins. But wouldn't it be great to take a few more with us at the end of the day? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. I want us to stand together. If you have your Bibles, get your Bibles open unless, unless you know it. And we're going to read together starting with verse 4. And uh, Warren, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball. This is going to be our invitation. This is going to be our invitation right here. And then we're going to move into a business meeting. But this is going to be our invitation this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your love and your mercy that you pour out upon us daily. And Father, I thank you that we are able to gather here this morning as the body of Christ to worship you through song, to worship you through the preaching of your word. Father, to worship you as the true, holy, living, most powerful, most awesome God. Father, may we rejoice in you. And may we look to you in all things, in everything, in every situation. May we always seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen. At this time, I'm going to recognize uh, Steve Givens, uh, our moderator uh, starting this year, and he will call us into business session. Thank you, Jeff. Please uh, feel free to uh, comment and to vote as we move forward. Uh, does anyone have a copy of the minutes? They were, they were on the table as we came in. Uh, if anyone needs a copy, 
of the minutes of the last session, if you'll raise your hand, I'm sure I can get some help handing those out, Alton and, and Lane. If you'll just raise your hand if you'd like a copy. We've got one over here to the right, Alton, on the back row. Okay, anybody, any, everyone's, so if you'll take a look, uh, the business from, the minutes from our last meeting on Sunday, November the 5th are included. Uh, if you'll take just a minute to read through those, and then if there are any uh, questions or comments, or if anyone would like to make a motion that we accept them as written, that would be fine. So moved, do I have a second? Second, thank you. All right, so the minutes have been accepted. I appreciate that very much. Uh, you'll also see uh, we have several membership actions. We've got uh, requests from Sharon Meyer and Stephanie Meyer to join us here at First Baptist Beaumont. So we would be accepting, um, to, I'm sorry, we'd be accepting them uh, by letter from First Baptist Beaumont. And then, yes? Yes, Westgate is us. No. Oh, they're coming from West End. Excuse me. Thank you, Jeff. My mistake. Please accept uh, Sharon Meyer and Stephanie Meyer from West End Baptist Church by letter. And then uh, Amanda Martin has requested a letter as she transfers to First Baptist Beaumont. Do I have a motion to accept the membership report? Motion. Second. Do I have a second? Second. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Uh, with that, Brad, I'd like to call on you to share the financial report. I hope you all have a copy of the financial report in front of you. I'm looking now at the statement of financial position at December 31st, 2023. We can rejoice in this. For generations, our congregation has uh, proven obedience in giving to our budget, and uh, 2023 was no exception to that. Uh, if you look at, uh, consider what we have without restrictions, in our fund balance plus our rainy day fund, we have over a million dollars in reserve available for spending. That's like seven and a half months of, of our budget. And that's more than we need. Isn't God great? Now the burden is upon us. How will we be stewards of that? How will we be stewards of more than we need in reserve? That's a challenge I'm asking you to accept. How did we get to here? I'm looking at the financial statement of January through December 2023. Toward our budget, we received 110% toward our budget. And we spent 98% toward our budget. So for 2023, like we have in other years, 